वेलकम टू द देसी क्रिप्टो शो वी हैव सिमोनी एंड माइकल यर फ्रॉम द फैंटम फाउंडेशन दिस शो इज वेयर वी टॉक टू ग्लोबल लीडर्स इन क्रिप्टो एंड टॉक टू देम अबाउट देयर प्रोजेक्ट क्रिप्टो स्पेस इन जनरल ब्लॉक चेन एंड ऑल्सो टॉक अबाउट इंडिया एंड इंडिया कॉन्ट्रीब्यूशन इन ब्लॉक चेन सो बिफोर वी गेट इन टू दैट वाई डोंट यू गाइज इंट्रोड्यूस योर सेल्फ वी कैन स्टार्ट विद माइकल या Thank you so much for having us. Well, you said global leader, so I don't consider myself a global leader, but I think I built pretty okay stuff in general. But a little bit of background about myself: been chief marketing officer at Phantom for like two years, been at the foundation itself for three years. Shortly after it was started, well, we've been through the bear market, we've been through the bull market, we've been just building heads down for the last couple of years. And I think, you know, where my expertise comes in there. I guess is because I have been involved in the space for like four, five years now. I think bought my first BTC in twenty twenty sixteen and got into alt in twenty seventeen and got really infatuated first on the financial level and then stuck around because I got infatuated with the technology as well. I mean, if you look at Phantom, Phantom started in two thousand eighteen, right after a lot of people were deploying their new layer ones and their new blockchain platforms because if Already had a scaling problem back then. I wanted to start building things on top of Ethereum or on top of any kind of layer one,、uh, like DApps back in the day, games, and so forth. And as you see nowadays, a lot of NFT stuff. But we didn't have the infrastructure at the time, so that's why we started building on Phantom, and that's why we've stuck around ever since, out of the need. Wow, that's that's an awesome that's an awesome story. How, how about you, Simone? So I actually joined.、Uh... Officially, formally, the Phantom Foundation at the beginning of 2020, but I've been involved with the community since the beginning of the project itself. So since mid 2018. And like Michael, sorry for the rooster in the background. Like Michael, I've been involved with crypto for a while. Actually, yeah, since the the end of 2013, and then came back like. Most of everyone else in 2017, and followed a very very similar path to Michael. So came came attracted by all this sort of money that was、uh, that was forming, and then actually got completely blown away by the tech behind it. So what I do at Phantom is mostly marketing and design as well. I take care of the website and the visual direction of the company.、Mm, now to to dump down even more what Phantom is is basically a decentralized platform to build decentralized apps. That's what it is. So, in the future, we really believe that the the internet will be a big decentralized thing, which means permissionless, which means that it doesn't require any permission, or there's no central entity that that governs or control things. And we've seen already things moving in that direction. You know, for example, with Twitter, there's been a few controversial moment, but、I、really believe that as humanity moving towards that kind of future and being in this space at this time, it's. Super excited! Hey, that's very nice to hear. So you you brought up decentralized apps, right? So I I think I'll just probe more because I I remember reading you guys are very pro DApps or decentralized apps. So can I just like ask you like you know why decentralized apps are necessary and what are you guys doing to make that ecosystem better? 
So to answer your question, first thing, I'll kind of reconnect to what, what I said earlier. So I believe that we're moving towards a sort of a decentralized internet, so to speak, where people can just test these as usual, right? But instead of being controlled by a single entity, they're just decentralized. And the importance of this is fundamental because, as I said before, there's no central entity that can shut it down. There's no central entity that can do anything. And we've seen that at a massive level, at a massive scale in the past year, for example, what the government can do in the US, you know, when once the pandemic, they started rightfully printing money to pay the population to overcome this massive catastrophe in a way that uh, that just happened. And of course, that is a good thing in a way, but also it has repercussion that we're going to see in a few years. What decentralized apps prevent is exactly something like that. You know, software, they're governed by software. So software is not corruptible, is not editable unless it's been decided by the majority of people. That is the, the sort of the DAO movement, so to speak, that has come out in the past couple of years. So this is this is kind of the importance of the of the DApps. And in the future, I really don't think we're going to see any actually differentiation between DApps or apps. You know, people will just download or use applications and they will be just DApps. Doesn't matter. And same thing, wouldn't know if they run on Phantom, they run on any other chain, it will just work. And right now we're such at, the, at an early stage of this technology that of course we're very passionate about different protocols, everything, but we use everyday technology that is built on different protocols. So for example, using Zoom right now, and I don't know what protocols we're using, you know, but it just works. I know that I click on Zoom and I can talk to you, you're in India, I'm not, and Michael is somewhere else. You know, this is, this is magic in a way. And I believe that sort of magic will also happen in blockchain. Now, one, one last thing that I wanted to mention regarding Phantom, which is actually super important. We've seen how Ethereum, even if it's, it's been great, you know, I always say that we wouldn't even be speaking right now if Ethereum wasn't there, you know, because Ethereum allowed this space to, to really bloom and to get where we are now. But it's facing big scalability issues. And the more Ethereum grows, also price-wise and TVL-wise, unfortunately, the, the worse it is for, for Ethereum unless scalability solutions are implemented. And from what I've seen from the Ethereum itself, it's, they're still a little bit far out in, time, in terms of time. At Phantom, we have it right, right now. So it means that users can use apps and use it almost as, as if they were centralized in a way, meaning that they won't suffer those issues that, that aren't Ethereum right now, which means super high gas fees, super high transaction costs, and super, super long confirmation times on Ethereum. On Phantom, we have one to two seconds confirmation time and the transaction costs a fraction of a cent. So if you compare that to Ethereum, for example, not to again, Ethereum down, it for sure has its own place in the ecosystem, in the whole global ecosystem, but for certain things, certainly Phantom and other chains as well. I don't want to sound like, an, like a Phantom maximalist, but there are different options that allow for, for better uh, solutions. And Phantom is one of these. And especially when we come to DeFi or payments or anything like that is certainly a more ideal solution than, than Ethereum, for example, at this point in time. Yeah, and there's a few other considerations to make as well, right? Because you obviously present a vision of decentralized applications being just that, applications being usable by the mainstream user. Obviously, people have to do private and public key management themselves right now. They have custody over their own funds. And the ideology behind it's beautiful. It's gorgeous, right? Uh, a lot of people still lose their funds because they don't write down their seed phrase. You switch to a different computer and don't have access to your wallet anymore. Things like that, right? So that part has to be ironed out. 
right? Obviously, there's a couple of centralized solutions for it. There's a couple of retail-friendly ways to do it, but we're pretty far away from the stage that Simona is talking about, for example, right? Because things cost money, fees have to be paid, and we still have to figure out that if you want to use such a mainstream application, how that would be settled and things like it. While well, st still maintaining the ideology, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? For sure, it's something, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen in two months. But we've seen the growth, you know, also from 2017. I think 2017 is a sort of a, an emblematic moment in time because many people were involved back then. They Then they left and then maybe they're coming back now. And let's say that if you were in crypto in 2017 and then you left and you're coming back now, you're seeing a very different space. Yep. Yeah. So for sure, yes, it's not going to happen now. And Michael is actually pointing out some really important user experience problems because that's what it is, right? I mean, if you're in charge of your own money and then it means also your responsibility, liability increases a lot compared to centralized solutions. But, you know, I'm confident that very, very smart people will work on that eventually. Yeah. And uh, so let's say five years from now, 10 years from now, yep. we'll probably read what I was talking about. And that's extremely exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Simone, I know that you have been in India, right? So I, I really want to talk about your experience like in India and what did you learn? Okay, well, yes, I was in India in, in 2019, two months. I was there for work for, uh, you know, for my previous, previous work. I was working in advertising back then. And then I spent two months in Chennai, in Tamil Nadu. And it was one of the best experiences in my life. I really love the country. And if I have to point out three things that I love about India, at least for my limited experience, but at least it's not just a vacation. I, I really lived there with the locals for uh, for two months. So I loved the people and the culture, you know, no matter what you guys, I mean, you're different. You're very warm, very welcoming. And no matter what point you are in life, you're always very welcoming with a smile. That's, that's, that was my experience. And also food is amazing. I believe that Indian food is incredible and I'm from Italy, so I can relate. I'm very passionate about food. And in India, I found some of the best food I've ever had in my life. And also the warm weather. I really like warm weather. So that was, that was great. This is a little bit of a quick summary of my experience in India. However, I can tell you that after spending two months there, I am super bullish on India. I think it's it's a country that is going through an incredible growth, both culturally, but even more so technologically. What I've seen is that people are so technologically advanced. It's a very young country. People use smartphones every day. They use smartphones to pay, to send money to each other, to order food online, to get delivered, and, and all this kind of stuff. And if I use Italy as a comparison, Italy, these things, Italy don't don't happen right now. So under that aspect, India is way far beyond Italy. And uh, and of course, you know, India is, is a land of different realities. To yeah, speak. Okay. So there, there's a lot of things happening in India. But yes, what, what I've seen technology wise, it's it's it really blew me away. So I have no doubt that India can be at the forefront of this sort of new digital revolution that we're seeing right now. And I know that the Indian government sometimes, you know, wants to ban cryptocurrencies and then they change their mind. You know, there's a little bit of this back and forth, but I'm sure that eventually they will embrace the blockchain technology as a whole and they will allow it in the country because it just makes sense. You know, imagine there are so many people in India that work for, for non-Indian companies. So using crypto, for example, for 
payments, it would just make sense, right? It would simplify so much the hiring process for Indian people and work for foreign companies and making a real global economy. And, and as I said, you know, India is really at the top of the list of the countries that can do something like that because of the technologic literature that you guys have because of the language as well. You know, most of, I mean, English is still a kind of the, the Indian language, kind of global mm-hmm. for the whole, for the different states, even right. if you have so many different languages. But I would say that at least the young population is English speaking pretty much. So I think that's a huge advantage over a lot of other different countries. And that actually brings me to, to also, if you allow me, to what we're doing in the region. We, we're doing a lot of work with the Afghanistan government. And we have currently three pilot programs going on with the Ministry of Health, the Ministry of the DABS, which is the, the national energy company for, uh, for Afghanistan, and the Chamber of Investment and Commerce in Afghanistan, and more things are in the works. So recently, actually, uh, a few days ago, also came out that Ukraine is going to adopt some technology that is going to be built on Phantom. And we have some other stuff that is that is going on that we can talk yet right now. But, you know, seeing our work also outside of the purely on-chain stuff that we talked about, so the DeFi, the DApps, all the kind of stuff, but at Phantom, we also focus on the real-world adoption of blockchain technology. And so anyway, to kind of close the circle here, so going from Afghanistan to Ukraine to other countries, and eventually it would be a dream per, for me personally to also come to India and do something with the government of India to, to really leverage blockchain technology to make, honestly, to make people like to people lives better, meaning that to increase the efficiency, to increase really the to add value to people's lives that's just so awesome to hear so i mean we read so much about these projects and like you said most of the people are doing a lot of on-chain stuff and you guys are actually working with governments and making things better in real life that's just so amazing to hear of course right so i'm honestly looking forward on like you know what india as a country can do to innovate and embrace blockchain Michael, do you have any kind of opinion about India or like the ecosystem? I mean, obviously there's a big population and the bigger a population and a society and a community grows, the harder it is to manage, right? When it comes to the levels of, well, maybe sometimes corruption or sometimes managing systems across each other, right? Because if you have a lot of population, you have a lot of different departments and ministries, things don't always work equally well together. It's hard to coordinate. And I think technology and software and blockchain technology in that case is a pretty ideal solution, right? It's super transparent. You submit data once and it is intemperable. You can never change it, right? It brings some clarity in a chaotic kind of lifestyle and a chaotic kind of society sometimes. And that counts for any kind of government in the world. The question often is, do they really want public blockchains, right? Because a lot of these regulations about banning crypto and banning tokens, so to say, it's not about banning blockchain. The opposite, right? They usually embrace blockchain tech, like South Korea is the same, right? So they've always been doing pilots for smart city stuff, IoT stuff, and so forth, as long as I've I've been crypto. But they've banned Bitcoin or so-called banned Bitcoin a couple of times and the exchanges associated with it, well, more than I can count. I think a lot of governments right now aren't ready yet to dip their toes into public blockchain. A lot of them want to play with, out with R3 Corda and Hyperledger first because they feel like they have some level of control. But it's good, right? It's like the uh, gateway drug. It's the entry drug, right? If they play with R3 Corda a bit and a bit of Hyperledger, then making the step towards Phantom or Ethereum becomes much easier rather than going in fresh and, and green, so to say. 
Yep, yep, I completely agree. But it's really nice to see some of the governments actually embracing and working with yeah. you guys. So that I think that helps. Like you see one country doing it, and then people go on a FOMO mode, right? Hey, they are doing it. Why aren't we doing it? So like, how just the institutional investors just. came in the entire crypto ecosystem in 2020 i think that fomo will be there in government as well right like so uh i i'm looking forward for that to happen <laughs> okay. the chicken and the egg thing right? yes nobody yes, wants yes. to be first it's not uh, like they put bitcoin on their balance sheet and now everybody's putting <laughs> bitcoin on their balance sheet yep 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 so someone had to do it right michael saylor had to go out and be that guy so some government will surely do it so Let's go on to the last question. So you can talk whatever you want to people of India, be it investors, be it developers, be it people who are learning about blockchain for the very first time. So any any kind of messages which you wanna give it to the Indians. I'll, I'll go first. So for young people, I would recommend since a lot of people are familiar with technology and there's a lot of developers, software developers in in India, I would definitely recommend to learn Solidity and learn anything that related to blockchain technology if you're a, a web developer learn react learn ujs learn web3 integrations keep in mind that solidity is a very very new language so if you really want to learn it in 2 3 years you're going to be among the very very few that globally that actually know how to program in solidity a more general recommendation is to actually learn what money is and how money works in society and how to become independent in a way from the the general idea that people have about money so it means it means how you can become sovereign of your own money because that's super important a lot of people unfortunately i would say almost everyone don't really know what what money is and and how money works and i would say spend some time to to learn about money and it just means you know read a couple of books very well and yeah and i would say that's the very very first important step to do not just for blockchain but for yourself i think it's a uh, it's something that is is invaluable yeah i would say that's that's it and and in general keep keep your mind open absolutely and and dream because what we're doing right now in uh, with crypto and blockchain wouldn't have been possible if people like satoshi or vitalik or also andre wouldn't have dreamt and imagined things that are were impossible back then wow michael michael wh- what do you have to say my mass is really simple man uh, come in here and help us build because there's so much opportunity in this space right and just don't be don't just be a user right being a user is fun but 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 building things that's the most satisfying thing of them all like we're needing good young developers we're needing good marketing people we need good ux people because right now we don't have the manpower uh, mm-hmm. at phantom we don't have the manpower and in the space in general so everyone is welcome so please wow, awesome awesome so i mean of course Yes, you're saying something, Simon. Yeah, yeah. One last thing, actually. Hey, I forgot that. Michael is absolutely. Michael is absolutely right. There's there's actually a huge scarcity of talent in the space. Mm-hmm. So if you're a developer of any kind, if you're UX designer, if you're a designer, you're a graphic designer. If you're a writer, I mean, all these roles, there's massive opportunities in crypto. So if you don't have those, if you're not still up to a good level, invest in yourself and some time refining those skills, and you for sure will find you will find a job in this. Naturally, I want to also say a big thank you to our web dev team because I, uh, I almost forgot about it, but I want to make sure to mention them because our web web development team is uh, is based in India. They're from Chandigarh and. Uh, 
Thank you, Ria, and uh, and the rest of the team. They're doing an amazing job with with maintaining the website and keeping everything up to date. So special thanks to them, and also to show our support to India. With you know, we have part of our team, and uh, I'm very happy. That's awesome. So we'll close the show with a thank you to both of you for coming. We will link to your uh, social media and Discord channels in the title. And uh, anything else uh, you guys want to say? No. Oh, um, <laughs> thank you so much for having us. Right, it was a handsome you. conversation. Yep. And yeah, maybe we'll see you someday in the, yeah, yeah, in the yeah, region, yeah. right? When we're around. Sure, sure, sure. Or in one of the conferences. I'm not sure if we're gonna see any yeah, of those please. anytime soon, but uh, <laughs> one can hope.